Before my time, there used to be polio epidemics. And there are photos you'll see on books on the subject of people like vigilante-like with guns at the borders of towns, little towns, trying to examine any group coming through to make sure it wasn't carried into their town. Polio epidemics continued into my time, really, although we're all very youthful. I just wanted to uh, say that you couldn't go swimming at various times and people were really scared. I had several cousins who'd lost their walk to polio. One was an artist star and I used to take to Europe every August in a wheelchair. I always had a very conscious sense of polio and what it had done to so many. But then on the 12th of April in 1955, church bells around the country rang. President Eisenhower broke down on television. Theaters had special connections in a pre-age from ours so that doctors could be instructed in the new Salk vaccine against polio. Dr. Salk of the Pitt University was interviewed on television and he won everyone's hearts in the following exchange. Edward R. Murrow, Edward R. Murrow interviewed him and asked, will you patent it, the vaccine? And he asked back, how can you patent the sun? He won the heart of everyone. And all the more so, the vaccine. My cousins that I mentioned already gotten polio, it wasn't a cure but it was a preventive for those who would follow after so that they would not be crippled or lose other things as well. If you think of Cardinal Dulles, who was received into the church here, came back as a cardinal. He had gotten polio. We can all, every family can tell a story. But at this point, uh, polio is almost abolished around the world, could well be, except for maybe a few pockets. And uh, so what a powerful thing that is. Having told that story, it's probably incumbent on me to tell several others, but there's no time for them except maybe one quick. And I do one quick one. It's a fellow named, uh, let's see, Dr. Andrew hmm, Waterfield, Wakefield. And uh, he's been taken off the medical register in England. He's no longer a recognized MD. He published a paper on the Lancet in 98, which they retracted in 2010. And it had to do with... Uh, MMR vaccine or multi-vaccines causing uh, autism. And it turned out later that there were lawyers involved with people involved in cases and apparently money went his way and other matters and that's why the paper was retracted. Now all the things I've told you this so far are matters of fact where I may be wrong and so you should check them on your own. I may have made a mistake, I may have gotten the wrong end of the stick. Do you see what I mean? So from the pulpit, I'm not trying to tell you, but I am trying to let you think of practical things and put them on the table so you can think with them. And I, it's always good, the Lord gave us a brain. We shouldn't leave it at the door when we walk into church. We shouldn't leave it at the door when we walk out of church. It's important to have all these parts, heart and head and soul, all obviously much engaged, all very much engaged. But you and I know, kids who've got measles, which sometimes can cause death, because they haven't gotten the vaccine. And doctors, new doctors just amazed, have things which more other previous doctors hadn't seen, which are now come back because of this whole question. Because of this whole question. And then we see in the newspaper what's called what the disinformation group, where there's 12 groups responsible for 65% of the uh, false information. If you wanted to do, think of a passage that could speak to the matter, it would be Jeremiah 23, the first verse. And that's how our mass started. Woe to the shepherds who mislead and scatter the flock of my pasture. God forbid those who would cause them harm. 
or God forbid, who would talk them into a scheme which will make them insouciant of harm so that they'll fall into the pit of trouble or disease or anything else. How important that. How important all the more so to realize that in the days of social media, we are the shepherds. You can blame it on them, the 12, who provide 65%. But the people consuming it insouciantly and uninformed, that's also, they're also shepherds. And when we look in the mirror, you see the people. That's us. And so the importance of matter of being informed. People will say, I have the right to my opinion, and that's true. But implicit there is I have the right to my informed opinion. If people are adamant with you in telling you that France is the capital of Berlin, you really don't have to believe it to be their friend. If they tell you two plus two is 44, you really don't have to believe that to be respectful of them, nor should we. We should not be patsies to every wave of opinion or anything we read uh, in social media or think that because it's a smartphone, it must always be right. In the early days of personal computers, I remember many a time that a, a computer was given to somebody who never done a paper and never read a book. And the idea was you would put a ream of paper at this end and Shakespeare would come out the other side because it was a computer, because it was an electronic brain. Well, so are phones, but they don't guarantee, and this is our, our grave fallacy uh, in many ways in the practical order, doesn't prove that everything's correct. In a way, we are shepherds who need shepherding. Now, the people way back when, two millennia back, realized this, and they realized it relentlessly. How do we know that? Well, because in Mark 6, our gospel, poor Christ was trying to get away for a break with the apostles, correct? And what did they do? They followed him around the lake. He was taking the short path with the boat, but they went around and they beat him across the lake. They were in need of a shepherd, and we are too. And sometimes left to our own devices, we are not well shepherded. But to be fair to ourselves, there's things like advertising that try to talk us into buying things we don't need to impress people we don't like, you know, that whole story. And so in many ways, there are a lot of winds and gusts coming from all different directions, which sometimes lead us into a bad path. And we all, you and I, all fall into ruts. Maybe we don't, it's other people. <laughs> but if we're honest, if we examine our consciences, we fall into ruts and we need to review things and examine our consciences and inform them. Isn't that what we always say? Say, use your conscience, but you have to inform it. Well, that's true of all reality. When you go to a doctor, I had a math teacher who was a millionaire. He, he regretted that he, in a fire, he had a big barn of a library, he lost it, but he regretted more that he never studied the surgeon who was looking after his wife, and he wasn't a good surgeon, and she died on the operating table. That doesn't mean surgeons are bad or doctors are bad at all. We have present here today one of the great cancer surgeons of the world. We're blessed to have our surgeons and our doctors. We're blessed to have them. But it doesn't mean, therefore, because medicine is important and th that anything we hear on the internet is automatically, is automatically correct. Because if we're lazy like that, it is very easy for a religion to become a cult. A, not occult, but A-C-U-L-T. It's easy for that to happen. And if you think of it, one of our blessed Lord's premier tasks was to take religiosity and get rid of it and bring back true religion. Isn't that what we see on every page of the gospel? Him trying to restore faith to the true faith, to true religion, and get rid of all the barnacles and our own corruption as human beings that we'd read into it. 
Voltaire had a great line. I wanted to wait, catch your attention by mentioning Voltaire. Did that scare you? Now you're sitting bolt upright. You say, what's this guy up to? Voltaire said, God, forgive the sex, God made man in his image and likeness, and men have been doing the same to God ever since. Taking religion and turning into religiosity, the opposite of honest and good and faithful and selfless religious practice. The very opposite. Sometimes we're taught science, but don't, advantage, don't take advantage of it. People come back from what would have been a lovely Thanksgiving dinner, and it was, but they feel they were surrounded by the flat earth society on a particular issue. Maybe they're wrong, maybe the dinner table was wrong. I don't know, you figure it out. It's above my pay grade, I assure you. But I'm just saying, I hear from a lot of people about a lot of stuff. And you hear from many a person, we've all heard this, that they follow someone on television religiously because the person on television is so vehement, they must be right. Someone political is so vehement, Father, they must be right. Well, I'm not always sure that that follows. I'm not completely sure. And so it means that, to paraphrase Cardinal Newman, that we're rather easily led, sometimes by the nose, and it would be better for us that we know it, even though it's a disappointment. If we knew it and could take caution about it, and take precautions, I think I meant to say, well, wouldn't we be better off? And best of all, instead of being led by bad shepherds, if we chose the good shepherd, better still. Speaking of physicians, when I was a kid, they used to have on, in magazines, perhaps television, a doctor saying, lucky strike is great for you. Well, it is if, you, if you're trying to get yourself nailed into a coffin. You know, the old thing of cancer nails, coffin nails. But the fact is, that doctor was the exception that proved the rule. Doctors are there for our health and our welfare and so on, but occasionally there's the exception. Look at the case of malfeasance in the church model station of children, the percentage of the priesthood and so on, and the changes that have been made in the Catholic Church. One has to exercise judgment, caution, precaution, and that's simply the name of the game in what's called the real world. It's reality 101, and it's called responsibility. And many a time you and I go to confession because we haven't been responsible, but we know in our better moments that that's what we should be and what we're, called, what we're called to do. Now you say to yourself, well, I'm getting you all depressed about this matter about the vaccine people trying to sprout mutants to the point that the, it'll be evaded, etc." Well, I'm not getting you depressed because the vaccine is nothing next to global warming. That's really scary. <laughs> so, so I haven't given you the bad news, I've given you the good news. That we've got it licked, we've got these vaccines that work, and people take them, we'll be in like Flynn. But in the process, they point out what today's gospel pointed out majestically. That the people there, perhaps more than we, had that basic sense that what the Lord was offering, they needed wholeheartedly to become intelligent and discerning and caring. You know, our hero, St. Paul, there he is with the sword that done him in. There are two scenes from his life at the end of each aisle. There are big freezes in the back, whatever the term. And uh, the one on this side is on the Areopagus, where he had a great entree. If you're going to start a way of converting people, you say, on my way here in Athens, he showed respect. Start with your audience. He said, you have many lovely things here on the way. I saw an altar to an unknown God. That God to you as yet unknown, I will introduce to you now Christ Jesus, the Lord, our Messiah. And then over here is Acts 19.19. 19. 
not the year, chapter 19, verse 19, Acts of the Apostles, fifth book of the New Testament. And here he is with the Ephesians. Now please take a look at it. He's in Ephesus. And there was a physician who was founder of the, was there for decades, and he was founder, he was head of trauma surgery at Mass General, founder of, at, children, at Shriners and of the helicopter service at Mass General. And he said, he and his wife said, we sat under that for years, decades, and we never realized behind us is a book burning. Well, it's a book burning in Ephesus. Do you see it on the wall there at the end of the aisle, up high over the door? And do you know what that is? It's Paul telling people that the astrologers and the sorcerers don't know what they're talking about. Some people think religion is a form of gullibility. That points out that it isn't. We are against gullibility. Who is it that said, if the resurrection didn't happen, your faith is in vain? Look at the evidence and work from that. And so much as a priest studies philosophy before going into theology, it's important to take all the things you know that are fraudulent, two plus two is 44, Germany, France is the capital of Berlin, and take the books that have them and throw them into the trash, just as Paul did there. Important for us indeed to be discriminating to realize that we need a good shepherd, to realize too that in the world where we have a smartphone, it may not always be smart, and we have to indeed be shepherds of ourselves in wise and cunning times, because we have to be cunning over against evil in cunning ways. Every baptism I do, we not only profess faith in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and everyone says, I do, I do, I do. But do you know what the three I do's are before that? to renounce Satan and Satan's cunning and the false allure of evil. Many of the people who get tricked into astro astrology or whatever else, and they give up their freedom of choice for all the choices talked about and go off in the breakdown lane. And we in the church are trying to talk each other and support each other in choosing fully ourselves aright, always to choose the good and the truth against falsehood and evil and always to choose caring for each other, what else would a vaccine show but that? And also to decide whether this is safe or that's not, that's certainly our perfect right. Those matters of fact, I leave up to you. They're for you to discern and discussion with your physician as well. But let us give thanks to the vaccine and those who came up with it. Let us take care, give thanks for those who care for the sick and our regular workers, st staffing supermarkets and so on, who at risk to themselves have kept life going. And let us pray for, with our collaboration, an end to the pandemic rather than it being extended forever. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.